WSUP LP วันนี้เป็นวันจันทร์ใช่ไหมเป็นเวลาห้าโมงใช่ไหมคุณอยู่ห่างจากทอส่งน้ำฮิวบอรอบในรัศมีหกไมล์หรือไม่คุณรู้จักบ๊อบเบิร์ตแมนหรือไม่หากใช่คุณต้องรับฟัง The w i l e f a l l e r s บนสถานี WSUP LP ฮิวบอรอบ Welcome to this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions, and together we are. Welcome! It's Monday, April 4th, and on this week's episode of the Winefellers, we will carry out our very first Winefellers special educational wine event, something Mark put together. And later on in the show, we will introduce you to a brand new segment we proudly call "Grilling It Up with Paul." This week's show will begin shortly with the mailbag, but. Bear with us. We want to remind you, the listeners, that between April 15th and April 21st, WHUP will be running its first on-air fundraiser called "Get This Mark: The Begathon," and the wine fellers will be taking part. Okay, all listeners who donate during our Monday, April 18th show, don't forget it, will be placed into a very special drawing. The prize? Well, of course, the wine fellers will take you. The winner to any Mexican restaurant in Hillsboro, of course, of your choice at lunch, okay, for free. So share in a fine dining experience with the wine fellers and give back a little to the community. Now, Mark, on with the show and this week's mailbag. Welcome. You've got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. 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 Mail, 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 mail,
<laughs> oh, Mark. Hey, man. How you been? Good. How you been? I'm good. I'm excited about the Begathon. Yes, that's coming up where you have to uh, give back to the community, and the community has to give back to WHUP or something like that, and we need <laughs> your money. <laughs> and we like Mexican food. And we like Mexican food. And so, Joe, it's it's. I think we're going to have our best show yet. Oh, my gosh. Uh, if you could only see at home what's laid out before me, not only on the table, this side of the blue line, of course, Bob, but in my own mind. This is crazy. Uh, this is we're gonna have. Uh, Paul is coming on our show for the first time, and he has put together such a whiskey pairing, Dude. whiskey tasting event out of this world. I can't over wait. the top, amazing. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. So what about the oh, mailbag? The mailbag, Mark. <laughs> what about the mailbag? All right, we've gotten hate mail. We've gotten love letters. Yes, that's true. We've gotten it all. And this week, uh, I've been over it. This is a Facebook message. Okay. Yes. Uh, that came in from George, and look, we're 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 beginning to branch out into the world, Mark. How? Are we? Okay, well, he found, guess how George found us. He lives in Indiana. He listens to our show. He says via iTunes. Oh yes, that's yeah. right. We're on we're iTunes. on iTunes. All right, so you go on iTunes Perfect. and subscribe to the podcast. That's right, and you don't need to miss a thing. Now, George, he's a fun guy. I can already tell. He writes in okay. and he says, "Hey, wine fellers." I just discovered your show on iTunes, like we were just talking about, mm -hmm. and am now binge listening. I guess that's a thing now. I guess so. You can binge watch. You can binge listen. While tuning into your old shows, it struck me that Joe seems to know quite a bit about computers and other technological things. He does. I didn't know that I came across like that on the radio, though. Well, Mark. I think we've alluded to the fact that you know more than the average guy about how computers work and, you know, <laughs> and bits and bytes and things. Well, you know, so now I'm getting tech support emails, basically, is what's happening here, Mark. Okay. He writes to me, he says, so my first question for Joe is, how does the Internet work? <laughs> and look good question <laughs> good question george i've um, often often <laughs> wondered that myself look i mean can we do this in 30 seconds absolutely uh the internet is a very simple thing okay <laughs> okay um as al gore once uh, said it's a series of tubes perfect that he invented yes imagine <laughs> you know i, I didn't want to really get into it on airmark but uh, i think it's widely accepted that the internet uh, is actually I existing inside of a cardboard box somewhere in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, that's where it's from. Yeah, so, uh, George, there you go. Uh, I don't can't really tell you how it works other than that uh, let your imagination run wild, but it's in a cardboard box. Well, I think... Uh, he's not done. Oh, okay. He's not done. He says, second question for Joe, and finally, something that I really know a lot about. Okay. He says, how do you get spaghetti stains... <laughs> out of your underwear, Mark. <laughs> now, I, I can appreciate George. He is truly in, in the Weinfeller's persona. Well, these are, these are two questions that I've actually often asked myself. <laughs> um, I mean, not necessarily underwear, but you know, how many times have you ruined uh, a shirt or, uh, or uh, a bedspread? It or never fails. You put, you're, wearing, you're wearing a white shirt, and, and, and the wife makes a spaghetti dinner. Exactly. Okay, I mean, that's just how, how it works. You want spaghetti for dinner, wear a white shirt. All right. And so, but in my take or on Or white it, underwear. Or white, no, no, here's the trick, though. Okay. You can't get the stains out, Mark. I know, it's, it's terrible. And so that's why all of my underwear is burgundy colored. Ah, oh, you're brilliant. Or, or you could go with a, a, a black underwear. Brilliant. Right? It's, but white, just classic novice mistake. 
That's right. I mean, I've gotten I've gotten tomato sauce stains on my underwear. Last time I was at uh, uh, Antonia's, which is a restaurant near here, <laughs> and um, I don't want to know how you did that. <laughs> but now I know what to do in the future. George, thank you for writing in. Uh, and I love just the crazy, zany questions that come in keep from the, around Keep the, the world, questions coming. But just keep them coming. singing harmony at the end there of course great job yes good job wine feller well i've been classically trained so this <laughs> <laughs> we have a new segment this is a special educational wine event here on the wine fellers like i said this is probably our best show ever yeah uh, the best show ever i agree and this is uh, uh one thing that we're doing and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that everyone's always wanted to know i'm excited what is it joe how many times have you dined out at a restaurant and observed the sommelier go through the odd ritual of presenting, opening, and then serving a wine bottle <laughs> to the table. I've endured that painful moment too many times. At Arby's? No. Oh. No. <laughs> is, oh. That, is that where I get the honey mustard? Is mm. that the sommelier machine? Yes. Then I have. It's yes. very good. The whole wine pouring tradition can make a whole lot of people quite uncomfortable. Yeah, no kidding. Especially since people... Uh, since some of it doesn't really seem to make much sense, but at the Winefellers, we will just demystify this process. Oh, that's why it's the special educational wine event. That's what it is. We're educating. We're educating. Holy the smokes, Mark! I know. Uh, don't don't. Uh... Smoke's coming out of our ears. <laughs> First thing the sommelier will do is present you with a bottle. But why is he doing? Well, this? back up. A lot of people might not know what a sommelier even is, Mark. Yes. He's the guy that comes out with the wine bottle and the the, uh, the towel over his arm mm-hmm. and displays the wine bottle to you and, and kind of looks at you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, absolutely sir, for right. you. And mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're lucky, the sommelier will have a tux, he'll have a ruffled shirt, he'll have chains, he'll have a medallion, uh, he'll, have like a, <laughs> he'll have a leather-bound uh, book with him, and uh, you know, that's if you're, if you're lucky with your sommelier, but not, you know, not all of us are that fortunate. So they're going to come out, you order the wine, the sommelier is going to bring it out, and he's going to open it for you. He's going to walk you through the intricate 
procedures that are involved when you're opening a fancy, expensive bottle of wine. Exactly. So, but why is he doing this? When the when the waiter brings out food, he doesn't show you the food before <laughs> you decide whether or not you're going to eat it. So why does the wine? Why does the sommelier show you your bottle of wine? Start there. Why is that? Well, first of all, it's really just to confirm that the bottle you are shown is in fact the bottle you ordered. And these sorts of mistakes really don't happen that much. But what is actually more likely to happen is that you're given the incorrect vintage, the wrong year of the wine sure. that you ordered. And usually that's just because maybe the wine changed, the year changed on in, in their stock room, but they didn't update it in their menu, whatever. But uh, this can happen. But the real, real reason is is that back the real, in the, real yes, reason. back in the day, wine fraud was a much bigger problem in restaurants than it is now. What, like how far back in the day? Uh, like in the 1800s. <laughs> back in aught eight? Aught <laughs> eight. Well, actually, uh, further than back, in 1700s, 1800s. Really? This was actually- Well, I guess so. Because look, if you go and order, you know, a 1750 Lafitte <clears throat> from the uh, menu at the local tavern, um, you've never seen a bottle of it in your entire life. Well, you probably you don't know what it's going to look like. Well, probably you would know what it looks like in 1752. Probably. But typically, <laughs> typically <laughs> bottles are not brought to the table with the corks already pulled. No, 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 this no, no, This is just no, no. because that way back in the day, substituting more expensive wine for cheaper wine was much more commonplace. Opening the bottle in front of you was the, was the with a label shown to you was a way to prove to you that the wine was not being replaced <laughs> and that what you were drinking is what you thought you were drinking. Oh, that's good. It's like the old trick when uh, back in the days when I was younger and living in college and and I, I'd have a date coming over, right? That's right. And, but I only had a bunch of half-consumed beers, right? So you pour them together to make two fully, full, you know, fully filled beer bottles. What? A, what? A lucky, and and what? then and then you you have to rest these little bottle caps on top, and and you're surprised when you open them in front of her mm-hmm. that they oh they come off so easily. What a Enjoy lucky your young lady. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you do is you make the sound that you make the sound if you can. <laughs> Did you just make that with your mouth, sir? Nope. No. Wow. Really fresh, this beer. Yeah. So I get it. That you want to open it in front of you. You're paying a lot of money. You want to know what's real. It's legit. And that's right. And that's not such a big problem now, but back in the day it was. And so this is kind of a traditional thing that's been left over. So after the cork is removed, or in your case, the bottle cap is unscrewed. I know what happens next. Okay. You tell They're going to pour a little bit of it. Well, not quite. No. First, you need to inspect the cork. Oh, really? You ever notice that when you go to a nice restaurant, they'll put a cork beside you and you want, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, and I know. You put it in your mouth and roll it around a little bit. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Think of it as a jolly. What do you do? Are you supposed to, you're not supposed to smell the cork. I know that. Think of it as a jolly cork rancher. No. For some some of the nicer wines, you'll see the vintage stamped right on the cork. Uh, To confirm it. You're going to confirm. This is the date. This is the year of the wine that's on the label. This is the year that I ordered and this is the year that I want to drink. So, again, this is because back in the day, it was more commonplace to uh, receive, unknowingly receive a vintage substitution. So, this is a, another step to ensure the authenticity of your bottle. You know, do you also inspect the cork for the possibility that the condition is poor? Exactly. 
Very good, Joe. Well, I and I'm not even reading off your screen. My goodness. Wait, did did you you just say that? that? I wasn't listening to you. That's great. Awesome. So the cork can uh, oftentimes you can look at the cork and see how the wine's been stored. If it's been stored properly, if it's too if the wine storage is too dry, the cork will can crumble. If it's too wet, the storage conditions it can be soft and moldy. So these are signs that the wine bottle was stored in poor conditions for too long. Grief. I'm and now finally, can we get around to tasting the wine? Well, some people will choose to sniff the cork, but, but I don't. To me, the cork smells exactly like, like you think it would. Cork. Like cork. And please, Joe, don't lick the cork. Oh, that would be bad form. I think smelling the cork would be bad form. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right, so now we've, we've looked at the label. They've opened it in front of us. We've checked out the cork. We've rolled the cork around in our mouths. And now, finally, we can drink some wine. Now the sommelier will pour a small amount of wine into your glass. This is why I just am not good with the sommelier thing, man. It's like I order a beer, and I expect to be drinking a beer in 30 seconds, not begin a half-hour journey to the the wine being poured. Look, all you have to do at this point is to swirl it a little, smell it, and then taste it. And the reason why you're doing this is it's not doing this because it's a pompous activity, but if you do it right, it can be. All you're, <laughs> all you're really doing is adding oxygen to the liquid so that it will smell and taste better. And you are also tasting it to then look at the sommelier and say, uh, you're not saying, oh, yes, this is a very delicious ru- wine with hints of tobacco. And No, you're just telling him that the wine has, is not corked. It's that's, not bad. That's right. You're inspecting the wine for faults, yeah. and that can uh, be something that could happen. It doesn't happen as much now with more recent vintages, but it would happen more frequently long ago. And uh, and so you want to see if something's wrong with the wine so you can uh, send it back. Now, to me, a wine with a fault in it often has the odor of either soggy Car- cardboard yes or, or wet dog or, jo- or joe's dog chess after a summer rainstorm he's a stinky little boy when he gets wet to me if i have those flavors in my mouth i <laughs> send the bottle back <laughs> but sometimes i send it back just because i want to be you know a big man on campus yeah right so uh don't do that in, in case <laughs> you know i do want to point out to our listeners that i have some sense about me and definitely do not do that just to be the big man well, these bottles of wine, because that sommelier, he's going to look at that bottle and he's going to be like, he just wanted to try an 82 Lafitte. Yeah, and not pay for it. And not pay for it. And then if you say, send it back, and this time bring me a, uh, I don't know, 1990 Aubryon. Well, the, the trick is, if you really want to know your value as, as a human, what you should do is see how many times you oh, can boy. send the bottle back before kicking out, being kicked out of the restaurant. <laughs> and my record is three. Oh. Maybe people listening at home can do higher. But that, we're not recommending that, of course, uh, for the wine fellers. No. So much of what goes on in uh, a restaurant with sommeliers, is, it's, it's theater. And, and, and ordering a wine is sort of part of the play. But, uh, <laughs> but some restaurants ham it up, and uh, it can be fun. But uh, you, the trick is we don't have to take it too seriously, but at least we know where these, where these attributes came from. Look, so w- where are we going to encounter a sommelier? Obviously, it's going to be at fi- a fine restaurant. That's right. So, so when... But it's not always a sommelier that comes out to help you. No. So, you know, some of the nicer restaurants you'll have sommeliers, and that's all that really is, is a waiter who's been specifically uh, trained in uh, wine, how to serve the wine, and how to pair wine with the food that you're eating. Yeah. And I think the most important takeaway here is, you know, to enjoy the experience. All right? I mean, I think that while, yeah, it can be a little, it seem a little odd, maybe you're not used to it, Mm -hmm. but it's it's like... um, 
just go in and enjoy the experience. And these people are they're going to know, they're going to look in your eyes and and know that you if you haven't you have never done this before. And there these people are there, these professionals are there to make sure that you have a great time, you enjoy your wine, you enjoy your meal. And uh, I think it's something everyone at some point in their life should experience. I think so. Now, Mark, I wanted to, uh, before we get on to the next segment here, um, and plus my iTunes playlist is completely, hopefully, uh, helplessly lost here. Okay. <clears throat> we had some folks on the show uh, last week, the week before, Alex. That's right. Okay. And before we move, we move on, we're, it's, it's 520. You're listening to the Wine Fellers. We've got a great, right. fantastic new uh, guest here with us in the studio today. But first, we want to thank Alex. From, exactly. From, so, so a couple of weeks ago. This we, is a new thing. We have Alex, and he's going to be, he was such a terrific guest, and we've decided that this is our, a Winefeller special announcement. In the future, Alex will be having his very own segment on the Winefellers called Alex the Wine Guru. And, uh, <laughs> and because we- Now, that was a name that, his, that the fans gave the him. The fans gave him that, and it was a great, it's, it's very uh, fitting for him because he, he is very intelligent when it comes to wine. And because of this, we decided to give Alex's own segment and his own very own intro song. He's going to be back with us soon, right? He is. So before we move on, uh, let's uh, yeah, I think he's listening today. Alex, here's your song. Enjoy. Enjoy. He is the carbonation in your mountain dew. He's the in your stew. He is the fiber. He's the horse in your glue. The answer is Alex, the wine guru. Honorary wine feller. So, Mark, you know, I I think that uh, Alex, if you're listening, he is. He just texted me. He's listening, <laughs> and he enjoys the song. So very good. This is this that was for you, Alex. Now, uh, I'll tell you what, though, um, Paul, uh, I mean, Mark, we're, g- we're going to be talking with Paul here in a minute. Awesome. And I can't wait. But first, let's hear the song we've prepped up for him. This week's special guest is brought to you by The Stone Stone. Improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool. We are number two. We're grilling it up with Paul. Beats everything you've ever saw. So put his meatballs up in your jaws and scream. Oh. He puts the sizzle on the grill. All you gotta do is chill. He won't stop until you feel it. Hey, Paul. I did did not approve that uh, theme song, by the way. I think uh, apologies are in order. Thank you. Um, But unfortunately, it's saved on the computer. It's going to just be the theme song from here on out. It it is what it is. Well, it's so great to have you on the show, Paul. Uh, we, I'm looking in front of us, and I'm just seeing a smorgasbord of wonderful whiskeys and meats, and I can't believe it. We're how fortunate Joe and I are to be sitting here. Oh, I'm today. so excited. It's, it's exciting. So what, what's, what do we have here? 
So I brought uh, together, uh, I was wanting to do a beef and bourbon pairing. So um, I brought, uh, as far as the whiskeys are concerned, I, I bought a Knob Creek. Right. Uh, we have a Woodford Reserve. Good. Uh, we have a Bullet. Um, and we have Maker's Mark. And all four are considered bourbons. Um, for the meat pairing, wow. beef pairing, we're going to do New York Strip. We're going to do uh, beef tenderloin Holy cooked cow. and uncooked. Mm. We're gonna do um, we're gonna do a ribeye, and, oh and that's gonna gosh. finish it all wow. up. Wow! So uh, <laughs> hope, I'm hoping you guys are gonna enjoy it. This is dude history making. This this really is, and you know, um, Paul has been a great friend, and and also uh, for years, and also one of the, uh, in my opinion, you know, pioneering chefs in our area. Okay, oh, so well, he's he's <laughs> he's being very you know very um, modest at the moment, but. You're right. Mark sees it laid before us. These are spectacularly prepared and presented meats, grilled meats, um, and the whiskeys that have been picked out today, Paul. Uh, I, I would just I'm trying to get our listeners in the right mindset here. Okay, not only do we have someone who can prepare these fantastic foods, but someone who is knowledgeable about whiskeys and what's probably gonna go best with your beef. Absolutely, absolutely. These are common whiskeys, common bourbon whiskeys that you can get at your local uh, North Carolina ABC store. And um, so it's not like, you know, where you're having to hunt down a Pappy Van Winkle or an E.H. Taylor or something like that. These are things you can buy all the time. You can go to your local uh, butcher and get a nice slab of meat, cook Mm. it at home and, and pair it well with a bourbon. So. So uh, how, how did you get into whiskey, and how long have you been uh, a whiskey aficionado for? Did it start? Was it a epiphany moment, or is it something you gradually got into? Or I'll just say that I've worked in the business for almost two decades uh, dealing with spirits, and so it's a passion of mine. I love doing it. Um, I get really excited about it, and uh, I have a lot of fun with it. Well, great. Mm. And, uh, and I can uh, tell, man, this is a thoughtful, thoughtful presentation here. Yeah, so let's. Uh, well, let's, let's start with. Let's start. Well, I'll, I'd like to start with. Uh, let's start off with the beef tenderloin raw. Oh my goodness, fantastic! We're just going to do that, and if you gentlemen uh, would just pour a bit of Knob Creek. All right, oh, we're doing the Knob Creek. Right, yeah, so we're absolutely. Gonna, everyone's going to pour some Knob Creek into their whiskey glass. So Knob is uh, Knob Creek is actually a creek near where Lincoln's uh, home was, huh. and um, a man named Booker No was the master distiller for the Beam family, actually came up with the idea for Knob Creek. All right, let's see. I'm pouring it into my glass here. I like Knob Creek. Wow. Very nice, Joe. Very good. Very, very good. you pass me your plate. I will. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, that looks so good. My gosh, it's so pretty. So this is just raw beef tenderloin. Raw guys. beef tenderloin. And I'd for like for both of you, playing you at home. to take this. Hold on, Mark. Not yet. Oh, yeah. A little, a little salt. Take, take some of that sea salt and just sprinkle it right on top. Wow. Oh, man. Gladly. This Gladly. So what we'll first do is is just smell, okay? It, uh, you know, whiskey, bourbon whiskey, especially fine ones, are very similar to wines. There's a nose, there's a palate, there's a finish. If you'll smell the knob, you're gonna you're gonna smell like orange zest and toasted oak, vanilla. Um, it's a very bright smell. That is. That smells very good. If you guys want to take a taste, absolutely. Sure. So wow, you'll, you'll oh, taste the orange. That is good. I do taste the orange. Now, mm-hmm. now remind us, uh, remind me and the, and the listeners at home, 
Uh, is there a theory about what, when you add water to whiskey, or, or if you don't, or which, what's the what's the rule about that? In my in my opinion, anything that's ninety proof or above, uh, you're going to need to add a little bit of water just to be able to taste it. Unfortunately, if it's ninety proof or above, you get a straight ethanol. Uh, right to the palate, and you don't really want that. So in order to taste the characteristics um, after it's been matured, the wood, you know, a lot of a lot of whiskey people mention uh, it, it tastes like butterscotch, and I can taste toasted oak and vanilla and cereal, and all those things are only, you can only taste those things after you've removed that pungency of the ethanol. So what by diluting it just slightly, you'd be, you'd be able to taste the characteristics of the whiskey. So this Knob Creek at 100 proof, 100 proof. Should be technically we should dilute it a, a little, little bit. bit. Correct, and but, I and I brought some water if you guys would like yeah, to do that. Yeah, give it a try. Absolutely. Once you do that, you'll really be able to taste a few more things. Uh, they call it winter spice in the business, but it's things like clove, nutmeg, allspice. Some people would say tobacco leaf. Yeah, it really I mean? does change the uh, character. I mean, it really almost makes it like I, a, a different whiskey. When and you, it, when it's you like it, ma- it it makes more whiskey. It looks like. <laughs> right. I'm, I just have more whiskey in my glass all of a sudden. It's magic. Well, I wanted to taste the. Uh, Oh, that d- absolutely opens it up it nicely. Is. Now, so this uh, raw beef tenderloin here. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's nice. You've hammered it out. I've, I've pounded it out. Pounded it out, and we've we've sprinkled it. You've in you've. Um, this looks so good. We sprinkled some salt on it. Just a little wow. sea salt, nothing else. So and we're, so we're raw gonna beef just eat a little bit salt. of this here. Yeah, take a taste. Absolutely. Wow. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> now, mm. once you once you've that's chewed a little bit. It, you can you do it either way, but if you'd prefer to just have a swallow before you mm. uh, taste the whiskey, or you can do it at the same time, taste them mm. together. Wow, that has a. Vi- I mean, I'll tell you what, man, I was just born to eat steak. To me, this is the world's perfect meal, like raw steak and whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I think this. I, I, I don't know where we can really go how, from here. How can well. you get to eat better? <laughs> right, right. Uh, raw steak. Yes. Whiskey. That's it. Well, would you gentlemen like to try the cooked version of the beef tenderloin? I would. Absolutely. As soon as I finish my existing beef tenderloin. Wow. That's beautiful. And it's still pretty rare, too, so it's awesome. Yes. Cooked cooked rare. Mmm. No need to add any seasoning to this, oh, no, but if you like to, oh, you, cool. you're welcome to, Mark. That's all good. Mm. What have you done with this Oh wow! Uh, to prepare it, Paul. This is going to be. Um, so this is good. actually a recipe. <laughs> really good. Of my mm-hmm. stepfather's. Um, I, he won't tell me what it is. He just says, "Here's a bag of stuff you can put that oh, on the really? steak. You're going to love it." Wow! Uh, and he's right every time. So this is. Um, this is a cooked fillet. He actually cooked this and prepared this, and it. Uh, I, I've worked in restaurants for you know well over fifteen years. No one grills a steak better than my stepfather. So, wow, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's good to have one of those in the family. Absolutely. Now, Paul, what um, we've we just had the Knob Creek with the uh, tenderloin, the Correct. raw tenderloin. Correct. This is the cooked tenderloin. I wanted to go a little more weedy. Tell me. Let's go with Maker's Mark. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Let's. So Maker's, Maker's Mark, Mark is. Um, it's about seventy-two percent rye. Yes. Um, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to have the honey spice on the nose. You're going to taste cocoa, maybe a, a wee bit of smoke. Pour that in here. Just. All right. Now, uh, are we going to want to dilute this at all, Paul? Well, let's taste it first uh, solo, Absolutely. and then maybe we can add something to it. All right. Again, yeah. the smell is going to be the spice, the cocoa, the the smoke. As far as these two, do you 
Do you have a fan of the Knob Creek or the uh, Maker's Mark? Is that what? Uh, what do you like in a in a whiskey? My my favorite uh, is coming soon, Mark. Uh, okay. We're going to be tasting that one next um, out of the four that we brought today. But I Maker's Mark on wow. a, as a regular every so you know good. week uh, at the end of the week have a drink kind of drink. To me, it's it a tastes great a little whiskey. cleaner. Yeah, where does yeah. it get that? Uh, and you know, I'm ignorant when I'm brighter. talking about this stuff. But where does it get that smoky woodness to it? Bill Samuels has was the was the guy that, that came up with Mar- Maker's Mark, and um, he added a lot of wheat to it to cut down on the harshness. So basically, you know, you're tasting a lot of uh, mellow tones inside of it. So, well, that's uh, it. Definitely is striking. And I, I mean, I, I love it. We've only had two so far, but I think I prefer the Maker's Mark so far to the Knob Creek. It's just uh, to me, it's a little brighter, cleaner, and uh, and maybe it just seems to go well with the. With the, uh, yeah, Mark has over, over here. He's devoured his. Well, here, his that's, a, that's a wonderful. Here, Mark, Mark, please <laughs> oh, wow. yourself. This is for you, buddy. Just take <laughs> that whole bag. Of bag of meat. <laughs> I'm going to taste the fillet now, and then I'm going to take a little sip. Yeah, I'm of with the you, makers. Paul. I'm, I'm doing the yeah, same thing. Oh, and this is just cooked just perfectly. That's my yes. stepfather for you, brother. Um, Why well, he did this? Well, let's do a shout out to him. Because uh, thank you very much, Paul's stepfather. stepfather. Well, the the fillet, the cooked fillet, is his. Everything mm. else I prepared. Mm. But, wow! Oh my gosh! <laughs> man knows wow. what he's doing. Wow! The man knows what he's doing. That's, wow! That's really mm. good. Mm-hmm. That that that. It, it, so this has a um a smokiness to them. That's right. It's like a blackened almost. He's a big believer wow. in cooking a steak. You know, you really just fulfill mm-hmm. the most flavor you can. You know, use that make the beef kind of shine. Yeah, but a- a- absolutely add some. I'll tell you what, this the flavor that's that's on the outside of the steak here, it is not being overpowered by this Maker's Mark. Right. The and, and it, it's almost like the smoky char broiled flavor on the outside of the steak fits perfectly in with the intense flavors of the whiskey because I can just taste it all. Right. It's like, you know, when two people love each other, Mark. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) They're just perfect for one another. That's right. And this, if I, like, if I went to, um, to heaven, right? Right. I would expect this to see it just full of, uh, um, whiskeys and steaks. Or else Joe would say, that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, the, the the next one we're going to try, guys, is a... Is look, I'll just say, no, on, Paul. Mark's making fun of me. I, um, look. you deserve it, Joe. Yeah, I do. Look, I'm just saying that this is so good. It's got me speaking in tongues. So when you finish Maker's Mark, you're going to notice that after you swallow the last swallow, it, it's yeah. a little sweet. Yeah. There's a little butterscotch. You taste a little little dry right. oak. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not quite uh, tannic like a wine would be, you know, where it, your, the tongue kind of sticks to the roof of your mouth. It's more of just a sweet butterscotchy, but a little bit rough on the tongue. And that's what it finishes as. So if you're just it joining is. us on the, on the Wine Fellers, Tell them, Mark. we have a, a special whiskey pairing event with Paul. He was kind enough to bring four wonderful whiskeys and four cuts of meat. And uh, we are uh, slowly going through it and enjoying it, and it's probably uh, my favorite uh, whiskey wine pairing oh, event to date. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Paul, what are you doing next week? <laughs> I may be busy. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and Mark, but this is exciting because there's going to be more of this, Mark. All right, Paul here, uh, Chef S. Paul, he is uh, now, beginning today, 
a mainstay on the Weinfellers. That's right. So uh, w- uh, once a month, approximately, we're going to have Paul come by, and we're going to we're going to have a, a new segment, a new kind of pairing. And uh, and and if you have ideas that you'd like Paul to to to, if you want to suggest them to the Weinfellers, please, we'll see if we can work it in. Absolutely. And what's great is. Uh, we were telling Paul this earlier, right? Um, and you'll have to tell me how you feel about this, Paul, because I don't want to give away all the secrets before the show comes up. But I'm thinking about telling folks what's going to happen on the show coming up. Maybe they could go out and buy these whiskeys beforehand. That's right. Or That's a great idea. prepare uh, some steak for themselves to enjoy with us on air, a virtual feast. Right. That's Love wonderful. It. Now, we, So before we move on to the next whiskey, uh, Paul, I just want to let you know that I'm lately. I've really gotten into Japanese whiskey. He has. That's Absolutely, my thing. Sure. Uh, I like a Hibiki or uh, any one of those Yamazaki, Yamazaki, Akushu, Sure. Exactly. You know your sure. stuff. And those uh, I just find wonderful, and I find them easy to drink. And uh, and in, in your mind, are they are they uh, are they made more in the uh, Scottish style, or are they made more in the kind of Kentucky bourbon style, or how 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 are those made? A- absolutely, Mark. They're, uh, your your first one. Uh, they're made much more in the style of you know. Um it's, Scotland's always used malted barley to make whiskey. Yeah. Um, we've always used corn to make bourbon. That's right. Uh, it's the Pennsylvania Dutch brought it down for us in Bourbon County, and things went forward from there. But no, the Japanese whiskey is just as tried and true as anything else. It's been going on for a long time. Centauri is a, a big distillery in Japan. That's right. Um, uh, they just actually partnered recently with Beam, so now it's called Beam Centauri. So anything oh, that wow. you're having is, yeah. But... Um, but yeah, you know, it's much more in the malted barley style of Scottish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's it, the Japanese, just like the Scots, are very uh, loyal to tradition. They make it how their family's recipe does. You know, that, that's what Grandpa did or Great Grandpa did, and we're going to carry out the tradition. And um, they're brilliant whiskey makers. That's right, brilliant. And, and, and so, and more recently, I've been getting into the uh, Kentucky bourbon, and uh, it's interesting oh, it's because fantastic. it's Kentucky bourbon. Three years ago, nobody was drinking it. Now it's just totally taken off. It's just like... Oh, really? Yeah. It's like the new wine. Yeah, well, whiskey, you know, the whiskey craze has been going on uh, for at least 15 years now. And uh, I'm finding that, you know, it's, it's really challenging now to find very simple whiskeys. Uh, oh. That you know we're we're run of the mill back in the day when no one was in the know, but now people that don't even know whiskey are buying whiskey, uh, hoarding whiskey. That's right. Uh, reselling it online on the black market. It's just an amazing thing. You know, people are <laughs> buying. You can buy Pappy Van Winkle bottles that are empty online, and people are refilling them and then reselling no. them for twelve, fifteen hundred dollars no. a piece. That's a bad ah. thing. Yeah. So, you know. Buy buy your whiskey from your local ABC store if you're in North Carolina. If you're right. if you're somewhere else, and buy it from your favorite liquor store joint down the road. Yeah. So how do we know that that uh, the the bottles in the ABC store are legit? Well, it's sealed, Joe. So you I know, see. You I know. see. And there, there's a then there's a known distribution chain. Correct. There's there's yeah. you know there's distributors. There's companies like Diageo, Beam Global Spirits, now Centauri Beam. You know. You can you can trust that they're going to be absolutely. Uh, there's going to be validity behind it. Absolutely. Now, if, I, if we were going to try like uh, uh, these are wonderful uh, bourbons, but if we wanted to kick it up a notch and spend, you know, fifty dollars, let's say, what would be like a good entry level bourbon at that price? Do you think? 
I mean, it just depends on what your palate desires. You know, whiskeys, uh, whiskey, all whiskey, Irish whiskey, Scotch whiskey, sour mesh whiskey, they're all like a good book. Right. You know, um, <laughs> it, I may love it, Mark, but mm-hmm. you may absolutely hate it. That's right. You know, so uh-huh. it, it just depends on the personal palate. But um, in the 50 to, $50 to $60 range, I would suggest something like maybe a, a Booker's is nice. Um, if you can find a, uh, uh, unfortunately, you have to go a little bit higher than that, but mm-hmm. um, you can do a Jefferson's Reserve. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Old Forester 1870 is wonderful these days. Right. So, you know. That's great. Well, uh, so let's, uh, what's next on our on our bourbon excursion? Yeah, well, I, was, I was really enjoying what you guys were talking about as I longingly <laughs> stared at the bourbon in front well, of me. Well, this is a strip steak. This is a cowboy steak, as they call it, guys. And Whoa. so we're going to pour our bullet, uh, our 50, 50 yes, milliliter bullet, yes. right into the glass. Let's do it. And let's take a taste of the strip. Now, I've done nothing to these. But oh, they this, call it frontier whiskey. Well, interestingly enough, um, this is Speaking a very popular bourbon across the pond uh, in Europe. People really love Bullet. I, I don't really know why. It's great. They actually really make know. one of my favorite ryes, which is... Uh, hey, uh, yeah. Paul was talking about that before the show. It's one of my favorite ryes out there. It's a little bit sweeter than a lot of ryes. What you're looking for in a yeah. rye is like a lot of earth tones, yeah. a lot of grass. You're gonna taste a lot of that stuff, but with uh, with bullet, it's a little sweeter. But with the with the bourbon, I'm gonna actually take a taste first wow. of, of the meat. There, this mm-hmm. is eating the New York Strip steak. This is the cowboy steak. Now it's gonna be much more robust. You know, the muscle tissue Hard. is much closer together. There's not oh, as man. much marbling of fat. Wow. So it's gonna be a. Li- but it's good. people wow. call it the man steak. But you know, look, Paul. Mm. I almost prefer. Uh, strip. You like the New York Strip? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Mm. But with That's the really bullet, nice. which is my favorite of the four that we brought the here Frontier today, Whiskey. It is absolutely the best with with the pairings. This is perfect for a wow. strip. You you know, this is, to me a better whiskey. The bullet. Bullet oh, starts wow. out with That's uh, great. Lots of orange, lots of oak, lots of vanilla. Uh, you're going to be entering in uh, a, a whole realm of like. Palette-wise, of like clove, nutmeg, allspice, those kinds of things. Wow, and and just a fantastic tasting with this New York strip. Wow. Now, um, I need to ask: was was this New York strip prepared like the previous steak with the same mm-hmm. uh, rub or whatever Mm-mm. it was? Mm-mm. No, my my awesome stepfather he he made the fillet that was cooked. This the, the the rest of the steak that we'll be tasting yeah. today is simply salt, pepper, garlic powder, oh. and that's it. Oh my god! It's seared in olive oil in a pan, beast, oh. bistro style, right? And um, it's just simple. I really want the beef to shine. I really wanted the bourbon to shine. It is. So. You you gave it plenty of room, right? And look, this simple cowboy strip steak mm-hmm. with this frontier whiskey, right? <laughs> <laughs> vodka wait no no we're not drinking <laughs> yeah. vodka no, With the, i mean it's just it's a match made in heaven mm. this is really great i mean uh if you're uh listening at home uh i would definitely uh go out and get a bullet oh, uh, bourbon and give it a try now now, th- now now we really m- we're mixing it up here because normally when uh mark will bring in food yes. and wine for a pairing well as i just said it's with wine right we rarely have a chance to pair something this delicious with whiskey and and i i mean i can see and we know this mark 
I can, but I, I'm seeing it now with my own eyes, tasting it in my own mouth, that I know and understand why whiskey is slowly overtaking wine with younger drinkers. Well, that's true. I mean, when it comes to uh, millennials, and we've talked a lot about the millennials on the show, that uh, that generation seems to be more uh, turned on by whiskeys and spirits. And uh, right, it does make sense. And I don't know, Joe, uh, we can have to change our names of the whiskey fellers. I, I just don't know what's going Oh, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't be a bad idea, but... Uh, uh, but I, I understand why this is happening. I think you guys should stick to the wine fillers. It's an awesome name. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> Mark, if you'd pass me your plate. Oh, yeah. And Joey, oh, my gosh. Too. Yeah. What is right. up next? Now, this is this is the best. I saved the best for last, as you Goodness. always should when it comes to pairing food with oh. spirits, mm. wine or beer or whatever. Mm. Mm. All right. So we're. I just finished my last bite of New York Strip. Fantastic. Salt, pepper, olive oil. I'm garlic gonna, powder. Garlic that's it. powder. I'm going to finish my uh, bullet here. Wow. Uh, so, gentlemen, cheers. Cheers. And uh, so, I can't wait to hear what's next here, Paul. So, we're going to finish up with mm. this. Uh, this is going to be the Woodford Reserve. Um, it's 72% rye, um, 10% malt. Wow. Yes, uh, yes. There's a lot of wonderful flavor in this. You're going to smell this, guys, and you're going to notice that it's thick and creamy. There's a little bit of honey spice, a touch of cocoa, a little bit of smoke. But just a little bit, just to smell it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I can sense the smokiness immediately. A little bit of smoke. You can you can smell, smell honey, and there's some kind of, of spice. And the cocoa. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I get, I get that. that. It's good. A little bit of cocoa. Yeah, it's nice. So let's take a... Uh, yeah, what are we doing here? So this is a ribeye. This is, this is the king of steaks, in my opinion. And, you know, yeah. it, wh- what more can you... <laughs> You can't love a steak uh, more if it's marbled perfectly. Mm. You know, ribeyes traditionally, if you buy a good one from a good butcher, the marbling is is just gorgeous. Oh, you know, you grill it on a really high heat. You know, and again, simple, simple spices. You know, garlic, salt, pepper. That's the end of the road. You don't have to go any further. Let the beef speak for itself. <laughs> and this beef is saying, "Eat me." Joe, I think this is oh. my best day ever. <laughs> I don't know if I'm... Can I, can I tell the bacon story real quick? Please. Actually, I saved this for you, Joe. If you just take that. Oh. That, that was when I was slicing. I saved that one cut just for oh, you. Oh, my gosh. It's got a fat cap on the back of it. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mark, this just became my best day ever as well. <laughs> I know. Isn't it amazing? If I could explain, this is the problem with radio, is that... The words to, ex- right. to express the pleasure on my face right now are not there. So, but I think give them a play for play pleasure face. Well, but I think the story <laughs> the story that you're about to bring up is that mm. Um, mm. is that the, the reason why I appreciate steaks and meat so much now <laughs> is that uh, because of my history is I, I, I grew up. Yes. A, uh, in a vegetarian household. Oh, wow. <laughs> this oh, wow. Is, oh, I need to tell this. Okay. <laughs> this is funny. So, Mark, like you said, vegetarian household. And I see him over here right now, uh, and the listeners are not catching his, his subtleties. But as he, as he eats slice after slice of ribeye and fillet, his eyes are rolling back in his head, and he's just like, this is so good. It is. And so, and I know why, partly. And, and, and folks out there, you know, we got the Crazy Kids Corner. That's right. Uh, you're listening to the Weinfellers right now. We're covering so much. We're with S. Paul, eating steak, drinking whiskey, and 
this tie, this nice story about your childhood, Mark, ties in well with all things Weinfellers. Okay, um, and and you, if you are a parent listening to the Weinfellers right now, you may want to do this as well, which is to withhold meat from your child during their formative years. I don't know if I recommend that. That's um, a really bad idea. Well, Joe. well, well. Hear, hear me out. Only because of this simple fact, and Mark, Mark, Mark uh, was an example here. He grew up in a vegetarian household. When he turned, what was it, 12? 13, 12, 12, 13. Yeah. Uh, went over to his buddy's house and uh, spent the night, woke up the next day, and the family has had prepared breakfast, a normal American breakfast, just you know, eggs and bacon and toast and whatever. Sausage, and there's like two, three kinds of sausage. And, and so Mark, <laughs> and Mark had never had any of this, okay? I never knew this stuff existed. <laughs> I mean, I've probably seen bacon before, but I, I had never actually tried it before. <laughs> and on, on, and on me, and I'm, it's, they're having brunch, and there's this big platter of all these exotic meats that come out. Well, and you don't, you don't, and, and Mark, Mark knew that he'd never had it before. He doesn't want to ask, hey, what's this? You know, so so he just tries it. And can you explain the emotions that followed? I just couldn't believe that this substance existed. <laughs> it was a light bulb turned on my, in, on my head, and I just couldn't get enough to the extent where when the meal was over... <laughs> I, <laughs> was this the first time you ever cried he, with so, joy, so, Mark? So, Is that true? <laughs> Is that what happened? He, so Mark, Mark, he he was he he had an epiphany. All right, and and he he loved this bacon so much that he stuffed his pockets full of it. Oh my god! He was gonna take. I didn't know when thought, I was gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I before they took that platter up, I had a <laughs> coat on That's and I put wonderful. bacon in my coat pocket <laughs> because just I needed some for later. Because I it could I could, well, ten years before. Well, I, I love it. Again. I love it. Mark gets home. <laughs> and his mother is rummaging Son, through you his like, yeah, uh, swine. rummaging through his po- pockets, <laughs> pulls out a handful of bacon, and is like, "What is this?" It's almost as if she caught me with a bag of marijuana. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was like it was illegal drugs. That's it, crazy. Oh, worse, How probably. Did you get this? <laughs> because it's meat. <laughs> Where did this come from? Who are you doing this with? <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, now, I I often uh, applaud. Uh, parents who are raising their children vegetarian for for because of this story mark and i said god bless you you are giving them the gift of of experiencing bacon for the first time when they're old enough to appreciate the entire experience but now because of that now, i get funny looks when i when i applaud them for that reason but, but, but see the problem with this is that there's a few problems one is is that i think if i was given bacon as a uh, child or I would probably, or any kind of meat for that matter. I probably would have been, you know, I've grown two inches taller <laughs> than my oh, well. short. That would make right you now. what seven foot two, something like that. And <laughs> and I've gone such to the other direction now because, you know, it's sort of uh, when you don't have something and all of a sudden you do, you don't know how to, you know, turn off the button. <laughs> and so now, as my wife can will, will attest, I try to eat pork three or four times a day 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's just Good for me. you, Mark. And so <laughs> you can you can see how that early experience could you know, <laughs> send someone to where they don't want to. Which be. is why this is literally Mark's best day ever. It really is. Now, uh, guys, <laughs> we've got about five minutes left here with Chef S. Paul, and we're we're on our final final tasting. Paul, remind the listeners what I have on my plate before me and in my glass. So, so what we're looking at, guys, is um, basically bullet bourbon. Um, we're going to be pairing it with a um, a ribeye steak that I uh, again, uh, if you've been if you tuned in earlier, it's just simply salt, pepper, garlic. The bullet or the Woodford. This is going to be the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're right. It is the Woodford. It is the Woodford Reserve that we're going to mm. taste. This is just the regular Woodford that you can get anywhere in any local you it's know, ABC nice. store. Um, mm. Oh, my gosh. The wow. taste that you're going to see is, it, 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 or that you're going to taste, it's, it's very interesting. It's a little bit of almond, a little bit of coffee, a little bit of ginger. You're going to taste all those things. Oh my God. The best part about Woodford Reserve, and, and one of the reasons that I wanted to pair it with the ribeye ah. was because its finish is long and mature. This is, is aged about six years, guys, but it has the the, the flavor of a, a whiskey that's just it's just perfectly wow. mature, guys. And maybe it's the whiskey talking, but I love this whiskey. <laughs> Woodford's this is, great. This actually is delicious. This is probably my favorite. Well, and, and, and it's hard to tell because we've gone through four, and so at this point, you know, our tongue is a little numb, but at the same time, this is just a delicious, your regular, you can get this whiskey all the time. Yeah. It's absolutely delicious all the time. You know, it's it's a it's a weekend drink. So, Joe, so Joe of the four whiskeys, yeah. what would you say, what, what whiskey would you say of the four that we've tried? And these are, this is good for our listeners right, you because want my these order? are all reasonably priced. And what would you try? You want my order? Yeah, I want right. to hear your order. Uh, order is, number one, what I just had. Okay. Woodford Reserve. Number two, a close number two, the bullet. Yes. Okay. Maker's Mark and then Knob Creek. I was, I'm close, but I go with the bullet first. Good. Then yeah. the Woodford Reserve, then the Maker's and the Knob. I follow Mark's. Uh, uh, Y'all put the bullet right in front of the wood, Woodford. But they're both very good. It's all what you like. Both very good. But it is all about what you like. Now, as far as the steak goes, oh, you know, man. I, I, love, I love how he cooked the steak, but I got to tell you, what? I'm a raw steak kind of guy. Uh-huh. That Carpaccio-style steak was pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I mean, and I didn't do anything. I no. Just, I just I put salt on it. And yeah. I mean, and it's still, Every listener can do that. All the other steaks are just oh, wonderful. So good. And that's just more of my style. You know, when I order a steak at a restaurant, I like it. No, no. Let, uh, so let me ask you this: so, someone, if we had to recommend today, right? Uh, what someone obviously should try at home? Uh, what would be the meat whiskey pairing? You, ah. would, you would tell them. Are you saying Mark is saying obviously the well the, with a pairing, the raw the raw meat with what whiskey? No, with a pairing, I would go the uh, strip. Yeah. and the bullet. Oh. And how could how could you forget that one? It's the cowboy style steak. It's the cowboy steak. That's what they call it. And the bullet. I do want to point out to all the listeners too that all Tell of them. the steaks were cooked to rare, in between rare and medium rare. Good point. So the raw beef that we tasted was absolutely uncooked, just sea yeah. salt. Yeah. But everything else was cooked to a. You can still taste the the blood, and that's important, especially with a robust spirit like whiskey. Well, Paul, this has been uh, really, truly a treat, and we are so excited that you have uh, done this for us. And uh, really, we are uh, we can't thank you enough. And uh, you're gonna make sure to come on again, and uh, with uh, who knows what you're gonna have. But, uh, but for those of you just tuning in, this is Paul, and we are doing a whiskey steak 
pairing and probably our best pairing yet. I and think so. uh, later on on the uh, on the website, uh, which you can go to, we will uh, be posting all the whiskeys and the steaks that you've tried today, in case you want to try it yourself. And uh, it's something that we can look. <laughs> yeah, but also I want to add this, Mark. If you if you tuned in during this uh, awesome uh, steak and whiskey pairing, and you missed the theme song that Paul really didn't like. Oh my God! I think you need to you need to uh, go to iTunes, go to wherever you need to go, listen to the podcast. All right, listen to the show again. Listen to the S. Paul soundtrack. We've got a number of great guests coming up on a, a just a weekly basis. I think we've added four new specialty guests, Mark. That's right, but I wouldn't mind hearing that song again uh, as we go uh, into the outro. I, I don't know about that much, Mark. Okay. We want we want to give them a reason okay. to really go back and search. Okay. All right, and Paul's just like, please, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So, Paul, again, thank you, thank you. so and much thank for both of you for having me on thousand the bows and thank yous. It was, it was a great time, guys. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another day. The cats are out to play, to play. That old rusty spaceship wants to sail into the Milky Way again on a river of red, red wine. Run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun. We'll drink, 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 to drink, 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 to drink, drink, drink. A toast to the sun, 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 sun.
Good evening, Hills.